Yo, today's QOD is no child asked to be born. Here we go. The Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Brian Tracy on the show today, and Brian is going to wrap up our short mini-series about raising happy, successful kids. And what he's going to talk about is three ways to make your child feel loved. Here's Brian. So, the starting points of the development of negative habit patterns are, first of all, destructive criticism. In early childhood, destructive criticism is more painful than a lash. Because destructive criticism, we used to talk about this like a neuron bomb. You know, a neuron bomb has a special characteristic that you set it off over a city and it kills all the inhabitants and it leaves all the buildings. So if you're in the serious business of warfare, looting, plunder, and things like that, you don't want to destroy all the property. So what you destroy is you just destroy all the owners and then you're army goes in, buries all the bodies, and you keep all the buildings. I mean, that's what the neuron bomb was for. Neutron bomb, I'm sorry. So destructive criticism is like a neutron bomb in that um, what happens is the neutron bomb destroys the person, leaves the building intact. Destructive criticism destroys the emotions of the person and leaves the person intact. So there's the person walking around with their emotions completely destroyed from destructive criticism. Destructive criticism early in life, as you know, leads to incredible feelings of failure and feelings of inadequacy. Now, anything said by a PP, which is a prestigious person, parent, sibling, older relative, teacher, is taken to be a true representation of reality by the child. As an adult, if I were to say something to you, uh, like Randy, I'd say, boy, that, that shirt you're wearing sure sucks. I mean, what, would you get that at a Goodwill or something like that? Randy can just laugh. You know, when men say that, by the way, it's usually a sign of affection anyway, so it's pretty hard to get anybody mad. But, but Randy can just laugh, and he can take my opinion for what it's worth. And he can take it, he can, he can um, respond to it, because he's an adult. He's got enough discriminating power to consider the source. All right? Children don't have any ability to discriminate. So anything you say to the child, the child accepts as true. If you say, you know, you're no good, you're late, you never clean up your room, you're messy, you're not very smart, you'll never amount to anything, child has no way of blocking that. It goes straight into the subconscious mind, and is locked in as a place of, of semi-permanent data. The child accepts it as true and operates on the basis of that. For example, you know, if I said to you, lunch is out here, down the hallway, and over there, you would just say, okay, you go out down here, down the hallway, to lunch. You don't question, you don't uh, argue, you don't fight and raise your hand, and so on. The child's like that. The child just accepts. So uh, anything that is said by an older person, sometimes an older relative will come over, an uncle, an aunt, a mother-in-law, so, right, you see Reed Ann Landers on a regular basis. The mother-in-law comes over and criticizes the children. And the mother says, to, so she says, you know, it's my husband's mother. What can I do? She's always criticizing my kids, and I think, don't think that's good. And, and Ann Landers is really clear. She says, you know, don't let her in your house. If you do, you supervise her, and you just tell her straight, don't talk to my children like that because it's so destructive. So number two is lack of love. As we talked about, lack of love is uh, another form of neutron bomb. 
is there's a one-to-one -one relationship between the amount of love a child receives, quantity and quality, and a healthy personality. One-to-one -one relationship. Now here is a mistake that many parents make. Many parents say they love my kids. Oh, I love my kids. I do anything for my kids. Of course, I'm at the office um, all week until 12 o'clock at night, and I play golf on the weekends and go off on business trips. And so what happens is they treat their children like domestic pets. When they come home, they may, if they're there, they may give them a little scratch behind the ears verbally. Hi, how you doing? Have a good day. Then they watch TV. And you'll find that the amount of one-on-one -on -one time that parents spend with their children, they get so busy that they don't do it, especially during the formative years. Because the more time you spend with a child, the more you tell them how valuable they are. If you don't spend any time with a child, the child internalizes, my mommy, my daddy, never spends any time with me. It must be because I'm no good. It must be because I'm fundamentally flawed. I'm just no good. And they grow up, and they become a behavior problem, and they get into trouble at school, and they act out, and they drink, and they blow up in anger, and they get, do damage to themselves. They are fighting against this awful feeling they have inside of being uh, of no value to their parents because their parents, especially their fathers, spent no time with them. This is a major problem in America where you have children growing up illegitimately. Is the George Will had this wonderful column many years ago, and I thought, what a wonderful thought. They said, no child asks to be born. No child asks to be born. So when a child is born, then you are responsible for taking care of that child. And then the second quote that I read was, a child should be in the company of someone who is crazy about them for the first three to five years of their life. And I thought, isn't that a wonderful idea? Is no child asked to be born, but by gum, if they're born, they should be in the company of someone who's crazy about them for the first three to five years of their life. And many parents didn't know this. We didn't know that. My parents didn't know it when I was growing up. We sure knew it when we had our first ch children because we had learned, we, we had caught up. For children to feel fully loved, three conditions must exist. Number one, the parents must love themselves. Low self-esteem parents raise low self-esteem children because they don't love themselves. So they're critical toward themselves, they're negative, they're angry, they're depressed, they have a whole lot of problems, sometimes they drink and so on. Um, and many of us were raised by parents who didn't love themselves very much. And second of all, parents must love each other. The greatest kindness that a man can do for his children is to love their mother, and vice versa. Greatest kindness a woman can do for their children is to love their father. Because children learn about love by seeing it in their environment, by watching it experience. They learn. Many people get married. They call it a, a trial marriage. Most trial marriages are people have never seen true love expressed genuinely between their mother and father while they were growing up. So they have to get married to learn about it. And it's a trial marriage. It lasts a few years, breaks up in flames, usually in the 20s, mid-20s. And then they go on, and now they have an idea what it's like to be in a marriage with uh, another adult. And often the second marriage takes. The statistic was out the day before yesterday was 50% of first marriages now end in divorce. I don't know if that's entirely true, but it may be because an uh, enormous number of marriages are trial marriages because they've never seen love in their environment and they have to go through trial and error to figure it out. The third factor is that parents must love the child. And there's only one way you can love the child. It's by spending an enormous amount of time with the child. There's only one way. You've got to really, really spend enough time so you really get to know the child and ask questions and listen and talk and go to movies and all kinds of things like that so that you really develop a, a deep down feeling of love for this child. And if you don't put in the time, nothing happens. 
The rule is this, a relationship only grows in value to the degree to which you invest more time in it. If you want your, any relationship at all, even a business relationship, a customer relationship, a relationship with a coworker or your boss, but especially with a member of the opposite sex, your spouse, your mate, or your child, you have to invest more time in it. That has to become a priority, is to spend more time in it. I had this discussion with somebody the other day. It was really interesting. I said that, you know, with love, they talk about quality of time, but quality of time is a function of quantity of time. Is you only get the quality moments, those unbidden, unexpected moments in a relationship with another person as a result of providing large quantity. And the moments come unbidden. The moments come without anticipation. The moments come as a complete surprise. The moments just happen. There was that moment. And you remember it forever. Some of you remember it for years, but you've got to provide large quantities of time for that to take place. Um, so they must love the child. And many parents meant to love their child, and they even say, I love my child. I just never spend any time with them. I have no idea uh, what they're doing or thinking. A friend of mine who was, <laughs> you know, was talking about these things, about how important it is to be a good father, he, his daughter was going on a ski trip, and it was about five hours away, and she missed the bus. And so he had to drive her to the ski trip. And so uh, the bus left at 7 o'clock, and she overslept. So he had to drive her to the ski trip, so he drove to the ski strip, and they're going through mountains. This is in Utah. I'm so remember this. They couldn't pick up any radio. So there was no radio on, so they talked for five hours. And she was 16 years old. She said he learned more about his daughter in five hours than he learned in 16 years. He had no idea who she was, what she thought about, what her concerns were, what her fears, her ambitions, her desires, her goals. And he thought he was just a great parent. He was just shocked. I mean, he never got over the shock. And from then on, he always drove his daughter to ski. He always created that five-hour block to drive her to the mountains for skiing and never had the radio on. One of my rules is never travel with someone in your life with any music on. Leave it off. Leave it off so that um, you can just talk. Because if you create a vacuum of silence by not having it on, it'll fill with conversation. All right, that was Brian Tracy. His website is briantracy.com. I hope you enjoyed our short mini-series about raising happy, successful children. I got some really good feedback about it through email as well as social media, so I will certainly be including more clips about this topic in the very near future. Today's clip comes from a program that I'm taking taught by Brian Tracy. It is called Goal Mastery. I highly recommend it. Very good course, and we will include a link to that um, course in the description box of this episode. And uh, I think that is it. Uh, please leave a rating or review for the show. I really appreciate that. It helps a ton. You have no idea. And go over to my website, seancroxton.com, and pick up my free ebook, The Money Mind Reset, Five Steps to Changing Your Relationship with Money. That is it for me. I'm going to see you tomorrow with Og Mandino. I'm out. Peace. Peace.